0: There's a saying that what you water is ultimately what grows. That where you place your attention ends up guiding your feelings, your perception, your actions and your your life. Focus becomes identity. And change comes from bringing awareness to what we're focusing on. I remember when this light bulb went off for me. Like so many epiphanies You know, what happened during a a difficult kind of a trying time It wasn't where I wanted to be and I remember, you know, sitting down and asking myself, you know, dude, are you on your own team here? Are you helping yourself? Using the metaphor, the question was, am I watering the weeds in my life or the flowers? And, And by the weeds, I mean, am I allocating energy to thoughts that are detrimental to what I want? Am I keeping myself in places I don't want to be and in relationships that are counterproductive? Am I thinking about what can go wrong instead of all that can go right? Or am I watering the flowers, the positive, highlighting the possibility, the things I'm appreciative for, the seeds, the potential that can grow a mile high? See, I've always known the value in choosing to see the possibility. But the million dollar question is, how do you remain aware? Because that's the thing about weeds, they're sneaky. They'll take control of your life without letting you know they're doing it. So I'm thinking this through and it dawns on me, this is not complex. This is simple. It's one, identifying where you want to be and two, analyzing your actions based on those priorities, right? That's it. And so for every pillar of my life, health, relationships, career, finances, I made two dots. One for where I am, and one for where I want to be. Everything in the middle is life, the ups, the downs, the joys, the sorrow. Everything in between is the path, the line. And it's simple, you start on point A, knowing that you can always get to point B. That what you want exists, it's there, it's available. And your attention, all of your energy should be allocated to the thoughts that reinforce that truth. That's your path, that's what you believe, that's what's important, and it's going to happen. Anything beyond or outside that line, anything that tells you you're not good enough, anything that accepts not achieving that priority, suggests it won't work out, that is where the weeds live. That is wasted space. Why exhaust that energy? To think, you know, I'm not good enough to get this promotion. How does that help you get to your point B? It doesn't. Eliminate that thought, right? Point B always exists. Just that notion pushes a lot of things to the side. You have to be good enough. You just need improvement. Maybe it's enhanced skills, maybe it's more effort, maybe it's changed approach, but tackling these things will water the flowers. It moves you along the path and progress is happiness. For me, uh, health is a big thing. I run all the time, but I'd like to be more fit. I'd like to eat healthier. There's room for improvement and I know it's possible because that is my point B. I know that saying I don't have time or I don't have the right body type or genes or Trying to convince myself that fast food just this once will be okay. No, all of that stuff is watering weeds. It exists outside my path. My time should be spent realizing how incredible the human body is. Taking care of it, pushing it, being proud of it, taking accountability for it. That's me. I only get one of these things. Even if it's just a little at a time, that's the beauty. Simply existing on a path and revolving around your ideals, your vision, your priorities brings about joy negativity It truly is a learned thing. It's manufactured. All there are in life are circumstances. Circumstances that are neither positive nor negative, just pieces. And you decide what to do with them. Do you focus on the negative? You can. But that won't put you in a position to change your circumstances or bring about happiness. When you decide to see the opportunity, you free yourself from the shackles of fate because destiny never put you in the situation you did. But guess what? You can take yourself out of it. A field of sunflowers grew one root, one stem, one petal at a time. The same field that was at one point nothing more than dirt and weeds. It was always possible and so was your ideal life. You just need to water the things that matter. an interview by one of my favorite authors today, Stephen Pressfield, where he highlighted what I believe to be a critical and often overlooked point. He says, a lot of people think life is short, but life is actually long. He goes on to explain that he didn't even get his first book published until well into his adult life, making the point that people at 24 34, 54, 64, they think they've won or lost. And they've got a lot of game left to play. And this message, it does a few things. I think first and most obviously, it creates a kind of calm. Like, okay, I can take some of the pressure off myself. Life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon, I'm not doing so bad. Sometimes we lose that perspective we forget that the best things in life evolve over time, often not an avalanche, but the chipping away of a stone until the statue uh, reveals itself. As frustrating as it may be, clarity is often an evolution. And the second thing is, it plays a role in defining what success means. If games are won in the second half, as they frequently are, then we learn not to define ourselves by the outcome of the first quarter. But more importantly, to put ourselves in position to win in the fourth. The score at halftime is not defining, it's a treasure trove of lessons and information and data that can be tapped into to get the result that we ultimately want. And I often think of Uh, Running in South Florida where you know I I joke that I don't sit at the beach But if you run during the day, you know, you kind of get the best of both worlds a little bit of sunshine You get your workout in uh, but the obvious disadvantage Especially in the summer is that the the heat is taxing on the body. It's more challenging to run uh, under that Sun and what I find is That when I push my pace right out of the gate right from the start, push my physical boundaries. The second half of the run is a nightmare. Always, I'm dragging, you know, speed isn't even a factor. I'm pleading with myself to simply not stop because I haven't positioned myself well. But on the other hand, when I'm disciplined and when from the start I ease into something comfortable and progressively increase my speed, my body somehow responds exponentially better. I get the most out of myself that way. That's why I've said in the past, I'm proudest of my results when the last few miles are the fastest miles. It means I have the discipline and the foresight to make that happen. And ultimately the big picture is affected in a positive way. And I know the same can be said for other aspects of life. I know the same can be said for the moments of temptation when my ego pleads with me to do what someone else is doing, or things aren't evolving as quickly as I want, so my pride says just walk away from it all. Why? Because the current moment doesn't look how I wanted it to. So the mind says panic. It says change things. It says you're losing or not good enough. It says you better pick up the pace right now because you're losing this current moment. But no, the question isn't, is right now the goal? The question is, is right now moving me forward consistently? So that when the time comes to sprint, so that when I'm ready to go faster than I've ever gone, be more than I've ever been, I've positioned myself to do just that. When things were challenging, I kept moving forward. When the world around me seemed to be moving at a faster pace, I ran my own race. I stayed consistent. I remembered what mattered to me. That's the question. And by the way, this doesn't mean ignoring today's results. It means asking yourself whether today's results are meaningful in the big picture. Right, Using Stephen Pressfield's example, if you don't get published or your work is rejected again and again and again, you have not lost. It's the beginning. It's the first quarter. But what info can you gain from this? What tweaks can you make to your work so that it's in some way more captivating? How can you sell it a little better? What can you do to connect with people who will believe in you and help push you forward? Remember, you only lose when you decide to stop. Why? Because as long as you're willing to adjust and keep going, there are no stopping points. People don't realize limitations are self-imposed. Losing or quitting just means you stood up and said, I'm going to stop learning and evolving with regard to this pursuit. I no longer want to adapt and move on no outside circumstances can impose that upon you. It's truly an internal decision. I remember Jim Rohn saying, success is easy. Doing the thing that's best for you in the long run is easy. Doing the right things every day is easy. And people would say, well, that doesn't make sense. Why isn't everyone successful? Well, because doing the wrong thing is easy too. It's easy to think right now is the end all be all. To forget the big picture, that life is a journey, that you are equipped with everything you need. And when you don't see success to your left or right, when your ideal world hasn't been created, to panic, to seek drastic change, instead of remembering one step in front of the other gets you to your finish line. Instead of remembering the second half is where you make your move, is where you make your push. Not every swing is a home run, not every swing needs to be a home run. It's about on base percentage, it's about setting yourself up for success. Step by step, day by day, allowing yourself to evolve, because if you hang in there long enough, if you say yes and trust yourself long enough, you will get your Super Bowl You will get your midday run when the sun is at its fullest, you're exhausted, you're tired, and you don't want to keep going. But because you invested in the big picture, because you played the long game, you'll be one of the few who understands, who has created the weapon, the answer, the key that will open the door. Very few people get to open and walk through. The best things in life take time. And time requires patience. Patience can be painful. It can cause suffering, chaos. But from that chaos comes order. From that suffering comes meaning. Everything we needed and wanted is on the other side of that evolution. See that your short-term losses are not crippling you. They are creating about some frogs and uh you know these frogs as they're sort of making their way through the woods the ground breaks underneath them and two of them fall into this little pit way 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 down they tumble and eventually they hit uh the, the bottom they're looking up and they're realizing how far they've fallen right moving around panicking uh essentially coming to grips with the situation that they're now in they start frantically jumping, trying to, to climb the walls. And as they're jumping, the frogs on top are looking down. And they're basically yelling, look, we're sorry this happened to you, but this is a lost cause. There's no way out for you guys. There's no need to jump around. This is a futile situation, right? But they continue to jump and they're jump, not willing to come to terms with that possibility. Not yet. Uh, and again... The frogs up top, they yell down, you know, there's no way it's over. You're going to die down there, guys. You need to ultimately face that. And one of the two frogs in the pit does concede to the situation. He hears the voices and, you know, he stops jumping and makes his way further down the pit and he dies. But the second one, the second one keeps jumping and jumping and adjusting his approach trying different things. Ultimately, he does get out. He climbs over the ledge, and when he gets to the top, he's confronted by the others. And they they come up to him, they ask him, hey, didn't you hear us yelling down that this situation was impossible? Didn't you hear us say there was no way out? And as it turns out, he didn't hear, because this frog was deaf, right? So he couldn't hear a single word, and this ultimately saved his life. Not because it helped him do the miraculous or the impossible, but because it blocked out the outside voices, attempting to tell him what possible is. Look, there will always be doubters, skeptics, and cynics. As Aristotle said, there is one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing but the beauty is that these voices have one thing in common and that's their irrelevance because there's one voice that matters in the writing of your story and that voice belongs to you never forget how much control you have never forget who holds the pen things are real when you make them real things stop when you stop things change when you change them So here's the following, not orders or expectations, but that spark that guides you to what feels right, to what means the most. Here's to an everlasting self-belief that will lift you out of any hole, carry you over any mountain, and most importantly, turn blank pages into a story that is truly When the water rises, it sink or swim. We pick up certain truths as we make our way through life, realizations, little awakenings, patterns that allow us to map the things around us so that we can navigate this crazy place. And here's one such realization for my own journey. When you pursue your best, you live your best life. Your best is a north star to guide you, a bar, line, or benchmark that's always moving, a reminder that you can always do more and be more, a reminder that life tomorrow can always be different than life today. To pursue your best, in my opinion, is synonymous with capturing all that is good in this world. Capitalizing on potential is to utilize those resources in need of an architect. That pen in need of a poet, brush in need of a painter, story in need of a writer or populace in need of a leader. It's a pursuit that not only supplements our existence here on Earth. No, I believe it is, in and of itself, why we are here on Earth. But like every ideal, pragmatism seems to get in the way. Meaning, well, life is more difficult in execution than it looks on paper. We can't be our quote-unquote best every day. We sometimes fall short of that mark. Our outcomes don't always align with our expectations. The perpetual journey to one's best is neither straight nor without discomfort. It's more like the navigating of a new world without a map or compass, a world that we're by default ill-equipped to take on when we begin. And I believe that 99% of success is reliant upon the willingness to move into that great unknown and allowing adversity to shape us. But that remaining 1% is a little bit different. That 1% is when we see what we've never seen, do what we've never done. It's uncovering our best in those moments we feel our worst, climbing the highest when we're at our lowest. When the water rises, it's finding a way to swim. See, the majority of life calls for tiny adjustments. It's observing and learning and moving on. But rarely do we talk about the darkest moments, when we feel as though we are up to our neck in the trials and tribulations of life. When the world doesn't relay messages of hope or prosperity. No, the only incoming message is despair. You're essentially David looking up at Goliath. Perhaps a Goliath of your making. Perhaps not, but a Goliath nonetheless. So why here? Why are these dark moments different than the 99%? Why is a stage provided at the very time when the limelight feels further out of reach than it ever has? Because this This moment is when you prove to yourself who you are. You think you've dug deep in the past. You think you've given your all back then. No, you have no idea what you're capable of. The world provides a stage in our darkest moments so that you can pull back the curtains and illuminate your strength. It floods your world with adversity so that you can trust yourself to navigate the waters. And if you can find a way here, when the walls are closing, clock is ticking and water is rising, what can't you do? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Those moments show us what we can be, and that is why the 1% is everything. Why is it that rock bottom becomes a bridge to so many new tomorrows? Or the losses we dread most become the change we need most? The answer is simple. Because in those moments we find within ourselves the keys to transformation. See, you didn't know that you can leap that far. And you didn't know because you've never been pushed so close to the edge, running at so fast a speed. But in those moments, you learn that you can take flight. You learn you have the power to stand again. So, while the vast majority of life is saying yes when most would say no, it's how we choose to act while immersed in our lowest lows that provides the framework and the opportunity. I believe that the tears indicative of despair streaming down your face look a lot like the tears that emerge during our happiest moments. They are the same. One just precedes the other. See, despair gives you a chance to look at life differently, look at yourself differently, to look in the mirror and understand that the reflection looking back is capable of leading a revolution in your soul. And I get how hard that is, how detached from reality it might seem, but isn't that what tomorrow is? a detachment from the reality, the parameters, and the rules of today? It's not until that seed is buried beneath the earth that it plants roots, that it takes aim at the sky, and when you are stuck beneath the chaos of life, you have to know that this is where you too transform. So forget yesterday's shoreline, this is where you build tomorrow's destination. Don't fixate on what is gone when you can dream of all that is to come. And don't dwell on who you were when you can celebrate all you will be. When the water rises, swim. That bridge that connects the present to a more ideal world. The idea that no obstacle is too big to overcome, no situation too dire to emerge victorious, and that you are never confined to how things are. FDR has said, we have always held to hope. The belief, the conviction that there is a better life a better world beyond the horizon. Why does this matter? Well, to put it simply, before one can leave the situation they are in, they have to believe there is another path worth taking. It's not always seeing, but trusting. It's a tale of two components. One, the belief that something better is out there, and two, the belief that you are strong enough to bridge that gap to create that world. So let's start with number one. There was a study done by Kurt Richter in the 1950s and he used rats. And it was kind of a a, a gruesome experiment, but definitely worth talking about because the takeaway is incredible. Right? And I kind of cherry-picked the relevant parts uh, of the experiment. Basically, he wanted to delve into the role that hope plays in our lives. And what he would do is he would drop rats into a jar of water and observe. See how long they would swim before they drown. And for the most part, these rats would swim for a minute or two and then ultimately give up. Right? There was this innate feeling of hopelessness. But then he made a change, and and when they were close to drowning, he'd reach in, he'd pick them up, he'd hold them for a little while. And then he'd place them back in the water, and the results between the two groups were night and day. The, the, The rats saw in the second group that it wasn't over. And when they were placed back in the water, they had a reason to continue swimming, and they did. Some of them did for hours. The only difference being that they had hope. They saw there was more. And I don't think that's too different from us. The situation may be different, but the rules generally uh, apply, right? So much of conceding or giving up in life, accepting an existence that falls short of our ideals, it's when we don't believe in something more. We stop swimming. We don't give ourselves a chance, right? So instead of creating bridges to walk on, we make walls that lock us in, hope is knowing all pain, all discomfort is temporary. And the second component is belief in yourself. Belief in yourself to traverse that space between current and the ideal, it's self-empowerment. You can be the difference maker in your life and others. And it's funny, the other day after reading about the Richter experiment, I was sitting at a friend's house with my laptop, kind of trying to figure out what to make of it. Because the idea of hope I knew was powerful and, and I wanted to share that story. I wanted to write something that would highlight its value, but it seemed kind of unfinished or, or simply part of an explanation. I'm sitting there thinking about it um, and I hear this loud bang over and over again. And I, I get up and I run to the back of the house right, to make sure everything's fine, see what's going on. And my friend's standing there with goggles on, this, this grin on his face and a sledgehammer and uh a huge hole in the wall in front of him and i'm like dude what are you doing are you you just knocked your wall down and he goes yeah i wanted to make uh another closet his family's growing he needs more space and he just took it upon himself to, to make that happen and i just looked at him and walked back out started walking to the living room and it hit me and this is a component of hope seeing what's not there and doing something about it right if this swimming experiment is step one, this has to be step two. In real time. Step one, believing, seeing something more. Step two, taking action to change it now. Buying into the fact that you have the power to change your own world. And it's funny, because any house or room I've ever ever lived in, my thoughts always, you know, you look around and this is this is it, right? This is the situation, this is what's being given to me. How do I make the most of it? How do I play within these parameters? Not okay, this is fine, but it could be better, you know, by smashing down the wall in the back over there, creating something new. And, you know, obviously the message here isn't about home maintenance, right? This is about taking a sledgehammer to the places in your life in which you are not content so that you can build in its place something that matters. You look around to your left, to your right, and you're unhappy. That's not the the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. That's where the wheels hit the road. In other words, it's looking at life with a lens, with the, the freedom of knowing things don't have to be what they are. They don't have to stay the same until the universe changes them. No, they can be what you make them. And what life teaches us again and again is that walls can be stepped over? Nos can become yeses. Impossibles can become commonplace. But first, there must be hope. There must be an understanding that your world is a 10,000 foot view of all the little stories you tell yourself and the narratives you believe. See, every day when you wake up and take your first steps, breathe your first breaths, know that nothing simply is. No, it is simply chosen and can be remade. That's what makes life such a beautiful thing. It's flexibility. It's promise to provide what has been relentlessly sought out. So remember, it's when you can't find your answer when the odds look grim, when the rest of the world tells you no, that you most need hope. Hope, the power, the strength to look within yourself and remember that one, life can change and two, you can change it. Armed with this understanding, nothing is impossible. When others fail to see the answer, the light in themselves and the situation you become the reminder that light is internally manufactured. We aren't given answers so that we may believe them. We are given the opportunity to believe and thus we create that ending we hope to pursue. And without this, life is nothing more than a permanent status quo. It's holding our hands to the sky and receiving what life chooses to provide. But that's not why you're here. It's not why you woke up today. Not to accept, but to create. To find hope in the tragedy and the hardship and to find within yourself the strength to move forward with whatever you decide comes next.